Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adel Amarcy Unplugged. I'm your host with the most, as always, Adel Amarcy, and here we are for season five, kicking it right through 2019. And I sound terrible during this recording, but we're gonna try and patch that up. But today we have some lemon trying to get on the show for a very long while, and more so a while in the last two months. And that is my friend Kimra Luna. Now Kimra is just an amazing badass entrepreneur who basically lives life on her own rules and from what i've seen she's kind of gone through a lot she's had a lot of awakenings um in the way that she actually is and just shares it very vulnerably and very publicly and genuinely one of my fun one of the most fun people i like to follow online um i actually came across you believe it or not kimra um a couple of years ago i think jen it was through jen scalia mm-hmm. that we were like, yeah she's years. a good she's a good friend of mine yeah, she was, she's one of my favorite people and one of my favorite clients, actually, as well. I think that's how we were introduced. But very mm-hmm. quickly, just a shout out, welcome to the show, Kimra. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I know we've been kind of playing phone tag for the past two months, but we, we got this now, finally. Oh, for sure. Just a real quick shout out to our sponsors for this episode today. We are sponsored by freedomhackers.com for this episode. Go check it out. We're also sponsored by adelamarcy.com forward slash simpleology which is our very good friend mark joiner's um monthly membership where he basically breaks down marketing in a fun little way so with that being said let's just jump right on board camera what have you been up to and what are you doing for 2019 it's like i love watching your facebook feed uh, because it's just like a mix of everything that is you and it's just so perfectly you i wonder yeah focusing on this year this year, I'm actually being even more me, which is kind of funny because I feel like um, I've always been very authentically myself online. Um, but I actually haven't had other businesses that really fulfilled all my other passions. You know, I love teaching business and I love helping people, you know, make make money through their businesses um, and have more success in that way. But I also, you know, I'm a punk rock chick, so I have a new punk rock podcast coming out. I'm also very passionate about mental health, and so I have a mental health podcast coming out. Um, I even have a gaming live stream show that's coming out. So um, even more of the real Kimra is kind of getting out there. Um, and same thing with you know my book. I've been working on my book for quite a while now. Um, my guides, because I'm one of those woo people, you know, um, my guides have really been telling me to wait off on that. Because I'm waiting for it to have a much bigger impact, but that's going to be more focused on um, young girls and and single moms and and parents and and you know people that have experienced similar things in life as I have. So really, just a memoir of who I am and um, and what I've been through. And so so yeah, a lot more of me is coming out in 2019. A lot more. That's pretty cool. And while I can actually hear your kids, I'm assuming that's your kids in the background, mm-hmm. my little yeah. fur babies decide to go destroy something because he's a little fur asshole most of the time. I have no <laughs> idea why I have him, but I actually I do know why I have him. I love him to pieces. He's like my favorite thing in the world. He irritates the shit out of me. Like, well, I think, I think some people think that about their kids, but my kids are actually pretty chill. Yeah, <laughs> I, have I, know. Like, I've been, I have like the chillest, happiest, like kids ever I took a video today my my middle son he's seven he was sitting on my office chair 
and pretending to do an, an unboxing video of some um, mic equipment that I had just got. Um, and he was just sitting there doing it and he didn't know I was filming him, but I was filming him and he's like, Hey everyone, I just wanted to open up this cool new package I got. And then he opens it up and he didn't know what was in it. And he's just like, Oh, these look like walkie talkies, but they're not walkie talkies. I think there's some sort of microphone thing, but he was like acting like he has like an audience and every kid nowadays, it's like all they want to do is be YouTubers when they grow up. And that's, uh -huh. um, that's exactly how my kids are. And they he's been he's been doing make believe unboxing since he was about three years old. And he's now seven. That's amazing. Now something I did want to jump back to was like the podcast that you're bringing out particularly and I have like a couple of questions here. So punk mm -hmm. rock chick, I gotta ask, do you play any instruments? Yes, I do play guitar. I also sing. I've been in a few bands and I used to tour with bands. I actually used to run a booking agency. My first business I opened was a booking agency when I was 17 and I was already doing and I was doing six figures by the time I graduated high school. I had to emancipate myself from my mom so she wouldn't take all my money from me. Um, so, so yeah, so I've been a, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur my whole, basically my whole adult life. That I can definitely see. I can see why that is, but the other ones I want to ask as well, particularly because I wanted you to just like let us know about, because by the t time the show comes out, um, hopefully the podcast will be actually live. So what's the mental health one as well? Like what's the name of the punk rock one? Cause we want to The get... punk rock run. It's called from ba <laughs> from Badsville. Um, so we from just Badsville. did our first interviews um, this past week. So it's not going to be launched for probably another month or two. It's called okay. from Badsville, which is the name of a cramp of an album by the cramps. Um, and then, um, we have, we're calling it a bad cast from Badsville and I'm actually doing it with my best friend. We're both hosting it together. Um, and then my mental health podcast, which is for mental health, particularly for entrepreneurs, because over 72% of entrepreneurs, um, suffer from a mental illness or multiple mental illnesses. Um, and, um, it's just been something that's really close to my heart as someone who has PTSD, OCD, ADD, anxiety, and depression. Um, all of which are diagnosed. And, um, you know, it's just been something that's really close to my heart because I feel a lot of entrepreneurs and people in the online space don't really talk about it a lot. Um, and so a lot of people are really suffering in, in kind of silence and suffering, feeling like they're alone. Um, and that podcast is called Brave Visibility. I'm hosting it with my friend Yasmin Anal. She's an amazing high performance coach, um, studied under Brennan Burchard. Um, and then we also have a lot of doctors and people where we're developing a program for people that have, um, that are going through mental health uh, problems, um, and they're looking for the right direction to go to get the support they need. For sure. That's really, really cool. Cause like my audience and everyone listening really kind of, if they know me, they know how much of my story is actually linked to my mental health. Mm -hmm. And I actually have found in the last two, three years, there's actually become a lot easier to talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. And I can say that because like just in the in my real day-to-day -day life when I go on dates I remember a while I went out with someone and I Think I told her that I was like she's like, oh, she asked me a question like what's something that you're really scared to share with me? Just just said that I was like, oh honestly um, a couple of things But there's one particular she goes what's that I was like well I'm diagnosed with and I told her I was diagnosed with and she just looked at me and freaked straight up freaked out and was like oh my sister has that and you know i don't want to deal with that and i literally all i said to her after was like i'm not asking you to i have a completely firm handle on this shit i know what i'm doing 
Mm-hmm. I just I I don't need a Kara. I just need I'm I want to date you. <laughs> That's what yeah. I want. I want to date you. I don't want you to fix me. That is not what I'm asking for. If you feel like the urge that you need to, please stop over there. But yeah, that, that was just the look from that point on, and then just the ghosting. I was like, that all came up just simply because I told them that I had something that I was born with, and I'm mm-hmm. like, bit shitty of a thing to do. But now, like, I've had that conversation with someone else a couple of weeks ago, and their response to me was, "That's pretty cool. How do you deal with it?" And I told them like, "That's really interesting." So, and then just treated it like it was a regular conversation. I was like, "Yeah." And I think those conversations are starting to shift, and that's a really good thing. I mean, if someone is really, really struggling with it, then no, I definitely don't have the capacity for that. I have three kids, and I already got to worry about their anxieties. I don't need to be worrying about another person. Um, But I do feel like it's, it's okay as long as the person is managing it well and does have the support they need. And the problem is, is most people don't have the support they need. Most people are not going to therapy. Um, and certain, uh, even groups and communities, there's certain communities where it's very looked down upon if you have depression or anxiety. And, and even if you say you do, all your friends are like, oh, you're a big wimp, blah, blah, blah. You know, like it's not like you're allowed to even say that you're going through something, um, even to your closest friends and family members. So I'm really hoping that with our podcast, the conversations will start to change um, in regards to that um, and that more people will start seeking out the support that they truly need because everybody needs support. I don't even care you know, if you're not technically diagnosed with something. I feel everyone needs therapy to some extent. Yeah, and it just depends what type of therapy, really. Because, like, for me, mm-hmm. talk therapy annoys the shit out of me. Yeah. My friend, one of my friends is becoming a therapist. I'm going to get her on the show when I go see her in uh, California. But she's like, oh, this is why I love talk therapy. I'm like, it literally annoys the shit out of me. She's like, why? I was like, because you will you will get to talk therapy, at least I do. And I'm like, great, here's a conversation. And now you're like, I'll say something because I have a thing where sometimes I'll just rabbit mouth out what I'm thinking, like it's stream of consciousness, and there's nothing actually behind those words. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, so what did you mean by this? I was like, I literally meant nothing by that. They're like, but what are you hiding? I'm like, nothing. That's not the. Em-. And then they start painting out an emotion for me. I'm like, that's not the emotion I feel at all. Like that is. A hundred, like a 180 from where I feel. Well, it just sounds like you have a really bad therapist that doesn't know what the hell they're doing with you. Everybody, oh, everybody's different, show. you know, oh, sure. and I've had to go through, I don't know, four or five different therapists before I really have found one that, you, you know, with. fits for me. Yeah, that fits yeah. for me because I'm not a big talk therapy type of person either. I like to really internalize a lot of things. And so I actually do a lot of journaling and then I bring that to my therapist. And so it's more written word that that helps me process more, far more than talking something out. For sure. The way that I actually have mine is I use um, rapid eye movement therapy. Yeah, my sister does that. Yeah, that works really well for me, especially with like coupled in with journaling and like just sitting down. Because what I do now that I've been doing for 2019 at least is I spend every Sunday like without my phone and just go somewhere that I want to go chill out and just basically write just write for mm-hmm. hours just completely free write and write whatever comes up mm. it's a powerful freeing experience um I will say this much though it's actually making me really want to get the remarkable notepad so mm. very much because I'm like this is a traveling notepad I'm torn between getting the remarkable or the iPad pro with the uh, pencil 
Uh, yeah, for, I have the iPad Pro with the pencil, and you can. They have apps where when you write on it, it converts to um, typed um, lettering. Um, but I don't really actually really like that. I'd prefer to write on a piece of paper. Like I'd rather write on paper. Like I don't. I've I've tried all the little pads. I think I've bought like maybe four different ones that are electronic ones, but I don't like them. See, that's why I wanted to check out the Remarkable because one of my friends who is very similar to how we are because I'm very much a notepad and pen kind of guy. He was actually saying, goes, dude, it feels like paper. I was like, really? He goes, the entire thing just feels like I'm writing on paper. There is none of that weird feel. It, it, all it does is I don't have to turn the page. It just finished bottom of the page, next page turns over. I was like, that is incredible. Yeah, um, that's, re- that's really amazing. I'll have, to, I'll have to check that one out. I've already bought in a few of them and returned them. Um, so I'm one of those people where I just go to Best Buy and just buy all the things. And then if I don't like it, I just take it back. So uh, that's, that's, well, I have a Best Buy that's like three blocks away. So, you know, it works out pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. I think my cat wants to say hello. He's literally walking across me. But I was going to ask, so with everything that you're launching right now, what's one of the big things? Like, I don't want to be one of those assholes that just asks, so what's one of the big things you've learned in business? I'm going to ask you something different. What was something that you understood from like the failures of going through business like that really helped you? I mean, I just don't feel like anything was a failure. Like even the things that did really suck, to me I was just like, "Oh, okay, on to the next." Like I I moved past things very quickly and I think that's a trait of someone that has, you know, success or is able to just, you know, even just to get projects done. Like I move I move quickly. You know, like I'm just not a person that's going to sit and dwell. I mean, I'm even the same way with dating. Like I break up with a guy one week, three days later, I want to date with another person. You know, like it's just like, like I just move on quick, whether it comes to business, whether it comes to relationships, whether it comes to pretty much anything in my life. It's like I just move on to the next. And so I feel like I've learned tons of different lessons. Um, but most of the lessons I've learned are more life lessons than business lessons. I really haven't had a lot of things in business that have made me learn major things or have major breakthroughs. It's mostly all been business stuff. Hey, guys, can you go in the other room? No. Hey, Orion. Okay, Orion. Sirius, come here. Come here. Close the door, Oliver. Orion. Bless him. They're, fu- they're, they're, well, Orion was mad because the youngest one was in the bathroom and he's like, I need to go to the bathroom. But the thing is, is I have two bathrooms. I don't know why he just needs to go to the other bathroom. Instead, he wants to make a fight about it. But, you know, that's how brothers are. <laughs> you have three boys or two boys and one girl? Three, three boys. Wow. Yeah, and, you have, like, your kids have, like, I love your kids' names. Like, Oliver, Orion, I don't know what the third one is. Serious. Serious, that's it. Yeah, I was going to say you've got, like, three of the coolest names. Um, yeah, they're great. They're great kids. All their names are off of Harry Potter. Um, I was actually going to ask about that. <laughs> Yeah, so Oliver is Oliver Wood, from, who is the captain of the Quidditch team on Harry mm-hmm. Potter. And yes. then Orion's middle name is Godric for Godric Gryffindor. Nice. And we were conflicted on if we should call him Godric, but I thought it was too much of like a tough guy kind of name. So yep. we ended up just putting that as his middle name. And then my youngest son, his name is Sirius for Sirius Black. Yep, and it actually works as a double up because you have Orion and Sirius who basically are both constellations. Well, Sirius is actually a star, not star, a constellation. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, Sirius is the brightest really star. Is the brightest star in the sky. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, and then uh, Orion is a constellation. So yeah, so that all always goes together. And then my last name is Luna Moon, and my all of my branding is around stars and stuff. But my oldest son, he's very earthy. 
So Oliver is a very, it's like a perfect fitting name for him. Like he's very earthy. My other two kids, though, we didn't name them until I was in the hospital. Um, they were already like born in my arms and we didn't even have names for them. Um, and I just felt like they were kind of a little bit more spacey. So <laughs> they got the spacey names. That's pretty cool. Like my sister's currently, um, my sister's going to be giving birth in about two weeks from today. Mm-hmm. And it's her first one. So like I was talking to her, I was like, have you picked any names for your child yet? And she was like, no. I was like, I think but sometimes you need to feel it. You know, uh, I feel yeah. with my first son, it was like within a few weeks after I was pregnant, I was just like, I just knew his name was Oliver. Like that's what it was meant to be. And then with my other two, I was like, I don't know. I got to feel the vibe when they, after they come out. So after mm-hmm. they came out, then we, then we, then we knew what was up. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm definitely of that same school of thought. It's like, cause I've not named any kids myself because obviously I don't have any kids, but even like with naming my pets and stuff like that, with all my pets that I've ever had, um, it's never been like, oh yeah, I really want to call them this when I get them. It's like, no, I hung out with them for a couple of days. I'm like, this is your name. Mm-hmm. You seem like this type of person or this type of pet. Mm-hmm. Like, my cat's name is Luna. I did not name Luna. My mm. ex named Luna, but Luna's cool. I like her. I don't think she is a Luna, but I think she's gotten used to it. Whereas my boy mm-hmm. Chase, the day I got him, I was like, I know what your name is. Like, his na- his full name is so damn pretentious. It was like, it's Chase Barrington the third. Mm. I was like, there isn't a first or a second. There's just you. But you wanted to be named the third, so you're named the third. That's hilarious. He's such I a love weirdo. it, though. I love that guy. <laughs> He's like my favorite thing in the world. But, like, something I wanted to ask you as well, particularly when it came to, like, life, le- life lessons where do you actually find that you get your most resilience from? Because that's something I have noticed about you is the resiliency that you have in despite everything happening. Um, like yeah. where do you find that strength? When it comes to resilience, I think that I just don't have any other option. I mean, I was raised in an extremely abusive home. Um, I recently made posts um, on my Facebook page about um, being molested when I was young. Being, I've been, I was molested by four different men as a child. I was raped when I was 20. Um, you know, my mother beat me constantly. I was called stupid my entire life. You know, and I think I've just had so much disappointment. Disappointment doesn't bother me anymore. You know, it's just like, uh, whatever, move on. And, um, and so it, it, but all of that just made me resilient. I mean, I don't feel like it's like, oh, there's some like, what is the secret to being resilient or something? Or like, how are you resilient? I just am. And I don't, and I think that that's an extremely important trait for anyone that wants to be a business owner of any type. Um, because there's a lot of ups and downs in business and if you can't handle it, then you're not down, go get a job. You know, um, I tell people all the time, I I don't believe every single person is meant to be an entrepreneur because not everyone has the resilience that it takes to do it. And a lot of times that that's built up by based off of our childhood, based off of the life that we've had. You know, I have one friend where she had a completely cushy life and then she ended up in a car wreck when she was 20 years old and she had to teach herself how to walk again. And that gave her resilience. You know, she's like, as a kid, she's like, I had perfect, you know, my childhood was sunshine, you know, but then I, this, you know, one incident happened to me and then that gave me the resilience I needed to be able to be, have success in business now. So I think everyone also forgets that they're really resilient. A lot of people have gone through a lot of really messed up things 
And then they just don't consider themselves as strong when really everybody is very strong. I don't know one person that hasn't gone through a bunch of messed up stuff. Um, it shocks me if someone would say, oh, I had a perfect childhood or I had, you know, my life has never had any, you know, conflict in any way uh, or contrast in any way. You know, everybody has that resilience, but it's the capacity, the amount of resilience that you need um, to be an entrepreneur. I don't know any entrepreneurs that are actually having very good success that are not extremely resilient. Oh, I agree with you. That is something that, um, which is one of the reasons I asked, well, just get your view on it, because I've seen it so many times. It's like a, it's a stereotypical trait I mm-hmm. find that really comes up that works um mm-hmm. simply because you're, you're you're setting yourself up for basically probably one of the hardest things you're going to do and i agree with you entirely mm-hmm. not everyone's made to be an entrepreneur but my take on that where i look at things differently is <clears throat> excuse me you can learn resiliency and when i say learning resiliency i don't mean like putting yourself in danger or anything like that it's doing yeah. stuff that's a little uncomfortable every single day like one of my favorite people that that i recommend and shout out to all the time is david goggins um, mm-hmm. Grant, granted i think the motherfucker's crazy like yeah. i have said that to one of my friends i'm like i love david goggins but he's crazy and they were like why i was like his methodology for toughening your mind it's very very profound but the way in the extremes that he's taken it to do it for himself to survive that like he did i get where he's coming from mm-hmm. but it's insane like yeah i want to recommend it <laughs> yeah. it's like don't go to the same level like take the lesson don't do the thing that he did. Like I'm gonna run on broken legs, or I'm gonna go do like the tundra run in uh, Wisconsin and get double pneumonia. I was like, don't do that. D- don't be that crazy person. Yeah, and I think people can build it up too. I just feel it's. I don't feel those people end up having the same type of success as somebody that has gone through the stuff and it just came to them. Yeah. Um, because purposely going out and making yourself resilient is far different than somebody literally trying to kill you, you getting severe PTSD and then having to work through that. Oh, yeah, you know, that's like that's a completely level. different sort of thing, which has actually happened to me, which is why I have PTSD. Um, so, you know, I think that it's, it's, yes, you can build up resilience, you know, doing something you're uncomfortable with like every single day. But I never see those people that are just like, oh my gosh, they're, you know, making, you know, eight figures and, and nine figures and all those sorts of things, it's pretty rare that you're going to see somebody like that unless they started off in life with, like, boatloads of money from family members or something like that. Um, I never see a self-made person who, you know, comes from the bottom up that, you know, that didn't have natural resilience that just came through life experience. Um, but, yeah, you can you can learn it. But I know a lot of people, they end up starting their business and they they wimp out and, and quit within, like, six months. And I'm just like, okay, bye, you know, like, <laughs> see you later. Um, and that's then that's all right. That's their path. And and like I said, I don't I don't really feel every person's meant to be an, an entrepreneur. Just even no matter how tough they are, I think some people just it's just not their thing. You know, it takes a lot more than just resilience. There's a lot of strategy. There's a lot of creativity. Um, there's a lot of, you know, just really having self, um, like self, I guess, self-awareness is one part of it, but another part is like, 
um, self-commitment, like actually being committed to hitting the goals and actually doing the work, that's a whole other thing. And a lot of people, they just don't want to do that. Like I'll ask people, oh, can you commit like one hour per day to like doing this specific thing? And a lot of times they say no. I said, well, then bye. Like I don't want to work with you then. I'm <laughs> like, you know, like yeah, like if you can't commit good. one hour a day, like uh, then you're not that committed to your business, you know? So commitment is another really major key when it comes to having success. Um, you know, in the book, Think and Grow Rich, the first uh, chapter is called um, Decision. And But the decision is you actually have to take action on it. Like you can't just make a decision like, oh, I'm going to have X, Y, Z in my life. And then you actually don't commit and take action on it. Um, so commitment is extremely important. Oh, without a doubt. Like I think without commitment, you can't really do anything. I mean, yeah. It's, it's, it's a huge it's a huge thing that basically changes the tides of what you're doing. Yeah, um, it's kind of, what was the old quote that I remember? Like, this is a really old quote that I remember someone saying to me. It's like, give me, um, I would rather take three, and it, was in, it was like in regards to war. They're like, I'd rather take three committed soldiers with a purpose to get to the other side than a hundred that are so-so in any single fight. Because the three wow. committed will get closer to the goal or they'll actually win. I mean, history is littered with this kind of stuff where people have like, uh, I'm, I'm a student of history, so I love reading all types of different histories from different parts of the world. There's stories of like um, an ancient, like an army of like 700 taking on seven knights. And the yeah. seven knights basically just wiped the floor with the 700. And it's like, how? They're like, they were just better at strategy. They were committed and they knew where they were going to go. And they're like, I'm going to go through you. That's my commitment. Wow. And they did. I mean, Alexander the Great's a great example for this. He chose to commit to the front of the battle line because he was like, even if I have sheep and cowards in the back of my lines, I know me being the lion, I will be charging into battle. They will see my call and they will follow because they know I will charge. And his level of commitment to get through was actually always what helped them win a lot of the times. Actually, every single time in battle because he didn't even die in battle. It took me a while yeah. to Guys are crazy, dude. But as far as it goes, um, something I don't want to ask you as well, particularly because you said that you're a gaming, uh, you're a gaming person as well. Uh, PC, Xbox, PlayStation, Xbox, PlayStation. What is what is your avenue of gaming? Um, I prefer the Xbox because I like to play zombie games typically. Nice. Um, but I've never been good at playing games on computers, like at all. Like the only game I ever was good at playing it on computer was like the old, old, old uh, Warcraft game. Uh, but other than that, I was never good at any of the things. Remember, like, the little grunts? They'd be like, Zug Zug. Like, they'd say that. Like, when you would, like, do, like, little... You would, like, order them around the place, and they'd go, Zug Zug, Zug Zug. Yeah. I was like, what the hell does Zug Zug mean? Um, uh, but... um the shit out of me. Yeah, like, I was pretty good at that, but I'm not... Um, I'm not very good at computer games. I need to um, learn. Apparently, well, I mean, computer games are better for shooters anyway, so... Um, because it's a lot faster to click uh, where and, to shoot with your mouse. Um, so, real time strategy. I'd say real time strategy games are better on um, computers. Like I love Rome Total War, like the Total War franchise. Yeah. Without a doubt, one of my favorite games of all time, just simply because it's more real time strategy. But like mm -hmm. you, I have both an Xbox and a PlayStation, and I gotta say, Xbox has been losing me lately because like, I love them because they have like really they have some really good games but like PlayStation is bringing out more exclusives which is cool. But I gotta ask, are you yeah. a Gears of War fan? No, I haven't. Yeah. I don't play very many games. Like I like I mostly play zombie games. I don't <clears throat> like very many games because I'm not very good at them. 
I'm actually really cr- like I pl- like playing, but I'm actually really crappy at video games. Mm. So it takes me a really long time to beat anything, even though I've been playing games my whole entire life. My sister is a badass video gamer, um, and um, you know she you know plays like you know what's that what's that Red Dead Revolver and all those Red games Dead and Redemption. stuff and Red Dead Redemption. It used to be Red Dead Revolver, right? Um, and then. And then, you know, so she just, she like totally kicks butt at all the games. And then there I am. I'm just like, oh, I'm like the crappy video game player, but I like to do it. Um, <laughs> the new, the new Resident Evil 2 uh, remake is coming out um, on PlayStation. So I'm super excited about that. I have a PlayStation and an Xbox and a Switch. And, I mean, we have all the devices. Um, I, I just, um, mostly I've been playing on Xbox because I've been playing zombie stuff lately. But, zombie um, games. Um, well, right now I just started playing the new, um, Walking Dead season three just came out. Nice. Um, and I, I re- we're really big Walking Dead fans in my house. So, um, the kids have been watching me play that. So they're really excited. I was posting on my Instagram and they're like, you're let your kids watch that. I'm like, it's, it's cartoony they, they watch the actual TV show. So <laughs> I don't see how this is any different. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for the Resident Evil 2 remake to come out because that was one of my favorite games on PlayStation when I was a kid. Um, so and I and the the guy that I'm that I'm dating, I was like, will you please play this game with me? I'm gonna be too scared to play it by myself, and it's too scary to play in front of my kids. So um, I'm like, I'll bring my PlayStation to your house, and he's like, okay, like. So I think that'll be that'll be fun. So I'll have somebody to help me play and not be too scared because I I'll get scared. I'll like throw the controller because I'm like. Ah! <laughs> like, <laughs> I cannot play Silent Hill. The first Silent Hill game messed me up so badly when I was a kid. Oh yeah, and my I, sister was all into that game, and yeah, that thing that scared me. I remember watching her. I was like, mm, like I, I'm leaving the room. Like I can't handle. <laughs> thing like I, I have a real fear of horror movies, but like it's supernatural horror that fucks with me. Not regular yeah. horror, like gore and stuff. I'm like, cool, that's weird. I can deal with this. But supernatural horror just kind of gets me. It's like one of the weirdest things. My friend's like, you know that's not real, right? I'm like, to you, you have not seen the same shit I've seen. I'm <laughs> yeah. from Africa, okay? I was born there. I went back. I know what goes on in some places. I've heard stories. Yeah. We're just leaving this alone. Um, but what makes me laugh, though, is I love the Gears of War games. And because, like, what I do, because, again, I'm a story-selling copywriter. It's what I do for a living. So I always like to look at stories and how they're portrayed. And one of the things I'll give everyone listening in as a, as a tip, and I mean, if you have anyone who wants to get better at writing, advertising, or basically just writing anything that's emotional, watch the six hours, if you have six hours to do this, definitely do it like at some point, like breaking the chops and chunks and stuff. Watch the Gears of War cutscenes, like one, two, and three, because the evolution of emotions they take you through and how they basically attach different meanings to every single thing helps you understand how they're basically... Uh, how those games are conditioning an emotional response uh, to get you to play through them and like how to make a good game that's engaging. And you can use the exact same thing with anything else that you write or create. Mm-hmm. But what I love about them, and this is, this is the craziest thing, that game is a post-apocalyptic world where you're fighting basically underground um, inhabitants mm-hmm. called locusts. They're kind of zombies. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is that you just... Initially, when I when I played it, I was like, I'm going to be terrified of this game. So I used to play it with the lights on. Mm-hmm. By the second game, they kind of changed the cell shading a little bit to like brighten the day up. So I was like, I can play this any time of the day now. I'm fine with this. And by the third mm-hmm. one, I was like, I can play this in my sleep. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But it's That's scary right. how like, you become used to it. Yeah, and I'll watch people play <clears throat> Gears of War, but I'm just never, like, I'm just not good at it. Like, I just die <laughs> all the time. So it's just like. 
I don't make it very far, so that's why I don't end up playing it. I just watch other people play it that are actually yeah. good at it. <laughs> I, can, I can totally imagine. I mean, I have that with certain games. Um, very few, but I do have them. Like, I think I just, because I grew up playing them so much. Though I will say this much, I have an affinity for board games. I just don't get anyone to play with very often, which really bugs me. I love board games. No one ever wants to play with me either. I'll bring a board game to a party. Everybody looks at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, why? This is, like, really cool. Like, what do you, like, people think I'm weird. No one, right. ever, no one ever wants to play Monopoly with me. Like, the th- the three people... Monopoly t- just lasts too long. That's the problem with Monopoly. It takes, but have it you takes played, an hour. Have you played the, the, the card, the Monopoly card game? Yep. Love yeah, game. it's fast. And it's I like it better because you can, like, dominate people in, like, five minutes rather than waiting a whole entire... But Monopoly takes way more than an hour. I have done Monopoly where it took me, like, three days. Really? No, I usually, I usually just... I usually, um bankrupt people within an hour like i've already won at that point and they're like seriously how'd you win i was like they're like you're well, lucky then, at this well that's why nobody wants to play with you because you just yeah. annihilate them every time I know, of course no one wants to play with the you only, the only person that will play with me is my cousin and that's because he's the only one that we've only beaten each other three times a piece like we're stuck at three all and like shall we play mm-hmm. a seventh game like no no that our games go on for a while but no um but do you ever play cards against humanity no, I oh I have well I've played it before, but I haven't played it in a long time. I mean, I spend ninety nine percent of my life with my kids, so you know. <laughs> Exploding kittens would be good for them. Yeah, I love that they game. they have this one game where you it's like a little device that you put in the middle of the table that makes a fart sound, and then it has like these cards, and you have to keep drawing these cards, and if you get the cards, you then you have to get then you're the one that has to fart. It's really funny. Okay, you need to send me what this uh, what this game's name is. So I, I can't get remember. It. The, yeah, I can't remember the name of it. It's like a farting game. <laughs> I'm totally getting this, by the way. Everyone's it's like, "No, you're not." Little, little like, boys. It's perfect for big boys as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm get. I live on my own. I'm gonna get this game so my friends come around like we're doing this. Like, I be like, oh god. Yeah, like we're, you do know drinking. That you can do, and also the fact is, like, most of my friends are between 27 and upwards. Like, I'm turning 30 this year, so it just still makes me laugh at my friends. Like, you still find that humorous? I'm like, do you not? How do you not? I yeah. It's so fun. But, like, something I did want to ask very quickly, because, like, something that I remember that you did, and I please correct me if I'm wrong, but did you shut down your Facebook group? I did for a little while, but then I brought it back. Okay, so what actually it, prompted it to be shut down? Then what prompted it? It was that? just too much work. It's still too much work. It's like way too much work to like run a group that has 40,000 members in it. Oh, you need to go potty? Uh-oh. Okay, we're going to have to pause it. He needs to, go on the, he needs to go on the toilet. Hold on. All right, I'm going to we'll we'll keep going in a minute. Right back on, and it's all good and well anyway. Kids are kids, and yeah, kids. <laughs> it's yep. kind of thing. <laughs> but I was going to ask you, so like, so again, sorry, I just hit my microphone there. It is a lot of work to actually run a group to the size that you ran it. But like, what were some of the things that you picked up along the way about creating a group like that? Because it's not exactly a, an easy task to put put together a group that large, let alone maintain and run it. But what were some of the lessons that you picked up along the way that actually helped you build that? Or did you actually just put the word out and loads? Of people it just, it just happened naturally. I didn't even make any attempts to grow my group. Um, when people would join my email list, I would say, Hey, join my group. That's all I did. Um, I've been growing Facebook groups for over 10 years though. I started my first, uh, vegan mom's Facebook group, um, when I was pregnant with my first son. 
Um, and so I've been growing groups for a very long time. Um, that group had over a hundred and something thousand members in it, um, before I ended up, um, shutting it down. I've also sold several groups as well. I had a health and fitness group that had, um, almost 200,000 members and I ended up selling that for about a hundred thousand dollars. Um, so yeah, I've just been doing it for a long time. And to me, it just happens. I'm just a natural at building community. So it's not like I have any strategy or thing that I like really learned about growing them I just get people in and then we I give people value and they're in there like I yeah it's not really like any sort of special technique or something to get people in my groups right but what would you would you actually if someone actually asked you how to do it would how would you actually give them advice on that I'm curious because like, would, I've actually seen so many people try and grow Facebook groups and it's just failed so tremendously they need to grow their list because what you do is you grow your list you tell people to go to the group and then content from your list, you email it and say, hey, go check out this amazing post in the group. And then that's what keeps engagement up. Like it doesn't make any, if you're not growing your, e there's no point in growing a group if you're not growing your email list anyway. So grow your list and then the group just happens naturally. That's the only advice I would give anybody. That's the same thing I tell my clients. And like as you grow your list, then someone joins your list, the next page pops up, you thank them for joining your list, Tell them about some offer you have and say, hey, join my free group. And then people join. That's Easy peasy. Cool. It's very simple, but that's all I've ever done. I've never done any other different type of um, strategy or technique. I've never done Facebook ads to promote my group, nothing like that. I've only just grew my list um, in lots of different various ways. And once people are on my list, then it's like, hey, join my group. And then people just join. That's pretty cool. That's actually a pretty cool way of doing it because I know like a lot of people have different methodologies and stuff. I guess I'm just curious because it's always just been one of those things that I've looked at kind of really not understood fully on how they do it. Mainly because I've never really needed to, um, personally yeah. for my own self. But I've been asked this question so many times. I was like, how would you grow a Facebook group? I'm like, I'm not the guy to ask. Like, yeah, people is, ask me all the time. I, and I say, don't worry about growing a Facebook group. Worry about growing a list. Because those are your leads, you know, and people in a group, most of the time they're just looky-loos. And yeah, you could do direct outreach and stuff and maybe and you convert people and things. But if you're selling mostly digital, you need them to be on your list so you can keep following up with people. Right now with Facebook groups, I can make a post in my group and barely anybody even sees it. It doesn't matter how many people are in your group. It's the same thing on business pages. It's like you can have 100,000 people on your business page, you make a post and only 200 see it. Because Facebook doesn't push out the content, so it's worthless. So to me, it just makes far more sense if you're selling, especially if you're selling digital. If you're selling one-to-one -one work, then yeah, having a group might, is fine. But if you're selling digital like how I am, it doesn't make sense to um, focus so heavily on growing a group and spending time in the group because I need, it, I need people to be on my email list um, more than I, than I need them to be inside of a, a Facebook group. Yeah, for sure, because then you have, like, control of them because if Facebook decides to go to the sub tomorrow, well, guess what? That well, and that's exactly, that's exactly what happened, is there were all these people that were growing all these groups, and then all of a sudden, all their money was disappearing because their their algorithm changed. The algorithm changed. And then they're just like, oh, I can't, can't I'm make, not making so much money, blah, blah. I said, yeah, because you weren't growing a list like I freaking told you to do. <laughs> so it kind of just cracked me up because I'm just like, okay, like – Focus on your list, focus on your list, focus on your list. Because you never know, Facebook could shut down your whole freaking account the next day. Yeah, I mean, it's happened to a lot of people. To, if Facebook decides that your account is too spammy, 
like your personal account or your business account, your pages could be gone the next day anyway. Yep. So if you're not focusing on growing your list, then you, you can get screwed by any social platform. It doesn't matter if you're growing on Instagram or YouTube or wherever. You need to be growing a freaking email list, period, because that's the only property you own. It's like having a business without a house if you don't have a list. Exactly. That's like the basic foundations of everything that you do. You need to have that yeah. in place. That's yeah, it's, it's it's a foundational thing, and everybody should focus on this building, period. Oh, agreed, without a doubt. Now, something I was going to ask you, um, th this is one of my favorite questions to ask people, especially on my show, and that is, and I'm going to change it for you, because I, would you say you're a bit of, would you say you're a reader? Like, you like reading no, books? No, I don't read books ever. I have no idea how much sarcasm was in that. I'm not joking. No, there's no sarcasm. I don't Damn. read books. I don't read them. I don't have time to read them. I also have extremely poor memory, which is something I'm actually um, working on with a medical doctor to figure out what happens with my memory. But I don't have good memory. So when I read books, I don't remember anything I read. Um, I, even if I, if I listen to an audio, it's worse. So I can't, I literally do not read books. Like I get piles of books. I have books because people send them to me or my friends are book authors and all this stuff. I never had time to read a book. I've probably never read past more than one chapter in the past 10 years. I just okay. don't read books. I'll read articles and things like that, and I can do things kind of like in short spurts. Um, but my brain, like my retention of the content just, it's not, it's a waste of time for me. And if I'm going to read a book, I'm reading books with my kids. You know, like, well, I'm going to sit down and read Harry Potter. I'm not going to sit down and, you know, read some business book. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I was actually going to ask yeah. you, what, like, what was three really, no, what was the, it was going to be five. So it's going to be, because th usually the people I speak to, they usually go, um, they usually read a lot of nonfiction. So with you, I'm going to change it around. What would you say were, like, three, actually, I'm three books. Let's say three movies that really impacted you, fiction, nonfiction, whatever you want, and two books or series of books that you truly enjoyed reading. And I know Harry Potter series is definitely on that. And my and this is a question I can't believe I didn't ask you. What's your house? What's your Harry my, Potter house? My Harry Potter house, I am a Ravenclaw. I am not surprised by that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody is surprised when I say that. So yes, I am a Ravenclaw. Um, as for movies, um, I would say, you know, one of my favorite movies is Dunkirk, which is a war movie. Um, it's yep. one of my, one of my favorite movies. I've watched it like five times. I don't even know why I'm just like obsessed with it. Um, I really love, um, the movie and the book. This is like kind of a two for one answer, um, which is the outsiders. I, that really was very changed a lot of, um, of my perspective and stuff. Like when I was a kid, because I grew up very poor. So I really related to the main characters of that book. Mm -hmm. Um, Another favorite book of mine is Matilda, which is also a kid's book. Um, but I, ve I very much related to her as she had very abusive um, parents. Um, and so I always felt like I was Matilda. Like I used to be like, I'm Matilda. Like I have all these special powers and that was me, which I do have special powers are just different than what's in the book. Um, and then, I mean, I really love Lord of the Rings. That's something I read with my kids. Um, my top favorite book of all time is The Giver. Um, if you've never read The Giver, highly recommend it. It's a short read, um, and it's um, it's kind of about this this space that's supposedly like a utopia <clears throat> type of place, 
Um, but it just, yeah, it was just a very profound book. I had to read it in eighth grade for our class. So, I mean, I did read books when I had to read books. Um, so, um, the giver has always been one of my favorites and my son is recently going through that. My kids are, my kids are unschooled, so, um, they don't go by a particular curriculum or anything like that. So they just, um, I, I kind of make their curriculum for them. And, um, and yeah, so he, he reads a lot of the books of, and things that I like. That's pretty cool. That's a really cool way of doing it as well. And right. Alex Sharfin definitely is kind of the guy that I've kind of looked at when it comes to raising his kids at home. Yeah, and um, another book, a movie that me and my oldest son have watched together um, is The Pianist, which is about the Holocaust. Um, and that movie Adrian is just Brody, right? yeah. Oh my Great god, point. that movie! I I could just I could watch that movie like fifty times. It's just it's just so powerful. I just I just. I just can't. I just it's just so good. He is one of those actors that really gets into his his character like very very well, and he's just a, he's an incredible actor in my opinion. Yeah, like, I, I agree. I agree, and it really helped my son learn like uh, about the Holocaust because I was dating a man, a guy who's Jewish, mm-hmm. and so my son started asking me all this all these questions about Jewish people and all this stuff, and we were googling, and you know, of course it talked about the Holocaust. And so he wanted to know a lot more about it. And so we started watching a lot of movies and, um, he started reading books and, um, you know, just learning about those sorts of things. And so we, I, you know, I told him, I was like, well, this movie's gonna be very scary. I was like, this, these are things that really happen. This isn't like, you know, make believe like walking dead, you know? Um, and he, he told me he was, he was ready to watch it. And, um, he did, and he was just—he was just so moved by it, and and I think it's really, um, really amazing what film um, can do. Um, I'm dating a guy currently who works um, for Marvel, and you know, it's just kind of—it's just incredible, like the stories and and how they, um, just how they can change people's lives in so many ways, and just it, stories are what keep people or bring people together, you know. So yeah. I'm I'm all for it. I love I love movies and and in television um far more than books because just because of my memory thing um but i also the same thing happens to me in movies though i forget what happens in movies i have to watch movies multiple times um because or else i forget things um so yeah but like i said i've been working on my on my memory um because it's something that i've always um i've always had problems with my whole life and it, it really sucks too because it makes it hard for me to learn i love learning i enjoy learning um, but it makes it a lot harder for me to learn. And sometimes it makes me a bad friend cause I'll forget things. Like I'll be like, Oh, you actually have a sister. They're like, yeah, you've met her like eight times. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> you know, like, like, so sometimes it makes me into kind of like a bad friend and, and those sorts of things. But, um, you know, I, it's something I've been, I've been working on for, for most of my life. And I believe that most of it stems from like my PTSD and, and past trauma and stuff. Um, my mind, you know, purposely, you know, blocked things out. Um, and so it kind of just starts blocking all sorts of random things out. <laughs> so, well, yeah. If that, and to be fair, that could literally be something along the lines of where, because you went through something that was so, it's evil. It, it was like multiple yeah. times. It was like so bad. I think your brain may have actually fallen into that neural pathway where it's like, wait, 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 to function, we need to forget this. Otherwise it's going to harm us. So, it's, just, mm-hmm. it's constantly just cycling through that same programming, even if it's just something that's normal as reading a book. And very similar yeah. to you, I, I do love watching TV shows, movies. The only reason I love I love reading books because it's my least favorite medium, but it's the one that I get to draw on. 
because yeah. uh, especially with physical books because i love like some of my books i keep pristine but the other books i mean harry potter books have doodles all over them um, yeah like particularly going ooh, emotional thing and whatever it is so i'll just start writing in the books um but I, it's one of the things i definitely do enjoy especially around winter time one of my favorite things yeah. to do is like put on the harry potter movies and the lord of the uh, ring movies during like cold nights and be like this this warms me up internally those are those are the best. We're gonna have to get married now because that would could be our dream life. Yeah, <laughs> Just cuddling, cuddling, and, and watching Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings all day. <laughs> Seriously, that is my that is my ideal Sunday for anyone that's like listening to this. I am single. Reach out if you're into this as well. <laughs> my happy Sunday, like my happiest Sunday memory is not even memory, but the thing I love doing is getting up next to my partner, um, whoever they are, basically just. We're both in sweatpants, house sweatpants. There's no going out that day. It's literally, we're in house sweatpants. It's nice and warm. The cats are playing. Everyone's kind of doing their own thing. I'm happy with that. But you know what? We start a marathon. We start watching Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, anything fantasy-based movies that are totally cool. I love Star Wars. So even Star Wars can make an appearance if they want to be. And mm-hmm. I'm cooking because I love cooking. So, like, I make a lot of food. So like, I love it. I'll go cook in the kitchen. When the thing is that I've actually had this as a clash with people before that are, that I've actually been asked, oh, if I'm a vegan or a vegetarian house, that would you, I was like, that's called accommodation. If you're a good person, you're like, if if you're just a normal person, like, cool, you want that, I'll make that for you. Yeah. I'm going to make my own thing. If what I eat offends you, then fair enough, that could be a thing. Like, yeah, because I've had that happen where there was like someone they asked me, they're like, oh, well, do you only date like vegetarians and vegans? I was like, why would I like limit myself to only like 1% of men? Like, that doesn't make sense, you know? Because <laughs> like, exactly. not a lot of men are, are vegetarians or vegans. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, like I'm, I'm really just all of, like on weekends, I just, I try to stay just cozy. I mean, I might go out like on Friday nights, but. Saturdays I usually do things with the kids and then Sundays it's just we kind of just cuddle and watch movies and you know like that's that's how we do all of our Sundays we love to just cuddle huh serious he's with me right my youngest son's with me right now he's reading a he's reading a a book that's just all these different colorful things yeah a yellow truck and a taxi that's right taxi yeah beep beep he's making honk honk noises love that that is so cool but yeah, and um, he's looking at a goldfish, and then he makes his he puckers his lip like a fish. You're gonna have you're to send me so a photo cute. of this. Like, he does it all the time, all the time. But yeah, um, Kira, I want to say thank you for actually being on the show. I know, like, we're running short on time right now, but I want to thank you because getting you on the show was definitely something I really wanted to do. I'm glad I did. And yeah. something that I'd say to everyone listening in: go follow Kimra stuff. Like, for sure. Like, her YouTube channel's fun. It's really, really cool because I, I, I do subscribe to her YouTube channel. Um, mainly because that's one of the big things I'm doing this year is releasing more videos. So every Wednesday you'll see a new video out on my show as well. Um, I love it. But Kimra's thing, like, what I love about yours is that it's real, it's to the point, and it's fun. Yeah. And you don't really hold back, which is lovely. And everyone that's thinking about joining, like, Freedom Hackers and stuff, Check that shit out. Like, I think I was a member for a while, and then I think I'm like my PM might like taking me out of a bunch of groups. But yeah. even if I, well, I say this much, join it. Trust me. Like, go speak and talk to Kimra in every single way that she could, because this woman is amazing in the way that she delivers her powerful information and story yeah. to the world. And that's always. And if thing. you want to, yeah, like most people, they end up following like my personal Facebook, just because I share a lot more stuff that's not quite business related, but much more 
just in depth of in the depths of Kimra. Um, you know, and I definitely share a lot on my Instagram as well. Um, I do message everybody personally. So if you hit me up on Instagram, my name is just Kimra Luna. That's where I chat with people. That's where I connect with people. Um, um, so yeah, I, I love all social media though, pretty much though. So <laughs> yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Um, it's something I'm starting to learn to love a little bit more because for a while I just didn't know what to put, but now I'm kind of getting back into it. It feels really good. But guys, check out freedomhackers.com. Um, and then Kimra just told you is her handle nearly everywhere is Kimra Luna. Um, uh-huh. It's kind of badass and cool everywhere. Uh, Kimra, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, and I hope we can do this again. Um, guys, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.